Well, thanks for joining us tonight. I'm really excited for the conversation we're about to have each Tuesday. We've been taking kind of a deep dive into some topics from our Sunday's message. And uh, I think this week's going to be really helpful and something you're going to want to invite some others to watch and, and share as well. So uh, each week, a couple of our pastoral team have been joining me for this conversation. And so thanks for doing this. Let me have you introduce yourselves and uh, kind of tell everybody what you do here at Calvary. Pastor Lindsay, we'll start with you. Awesome. So I'm uh, Lindsay Jordan, and I'm the children's pastor here at Calvary. Awesome. Pastor Keith, and I'm the associate pastor here at Calvary. And before you were the associate pastor, you were the... I was the children's pastor. Yeah, and I uh, am the lead pastor here at Calvary, but before I was the lead pastor, I was the children's pastor here at Calvary. So we got a little theme going on yeah, here. Too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm this is like surprised. the master class table. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 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 I'm kind of surprised <laughs> none of us brought like a... You know, magic trick or some puppets or... Uh, I have a puppet that's going to pop yeah. up you, anytime. You don't know what we have. Yeah. We well, just got started. <laughs> welcome to staff meeting each week. So this is, this is good. All right. So this is the first time we've had a chance to do this together. Each, each week, I've kind of been doing a little, just something fun to start with. And uh, a little segment that I'm calling, Have You Seen This? So I don't know if you've seen the story of, I think, I think you pronounce his name, Hather and his mother, Maria. Maria is 60 years old. Hater is, uh, I feel bad calling him that. I, I don't think I'm pronouncing it right, but, um, but he is 43 years old. His mom was trying to get a driver's license in the nation of Brazil, took the test three times and failed it three times. And so he finally, he says without his mom knowing, um, took it upon himself to, uh, well, I'll give you the description. He was wearing a floral blouse and sporting painted nails, makeup and a wig and drove around with the driving instructor pretending to be his mom the whole time. And because she kept failing the test, he went and took it for her. And uh, he did great. Like uh, the, the instructor said, he tried to be as natural as possible. He wore lots of makeup with his nails nicely done and wore women's jewelry. And uh, he was in good shape until they actually just took a comparison, a, a good look at the ID that he was trying to pass off as his mom and himself. And eventually he got arrested oh. for fraud and misuse of someone's identity. And uh, so, so it's one of those stories where I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of cheering for the guy, yeah. right? You know, however, I don't want his mom driving in my town. No. Um, and, and, you know, you, you're a little bit torn on this. But it tells you the things we'll do for the people who are important to mm -hmm. us, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that's a, a huge part of this. You know, on Sunday, we, we took kind of a look at Timothy's background. And we walked through kind of a, a story, not this one, not so much in, in the pastoral epistles, first or second Timothy, but in the book of Acts of how Timothy got like trained in ministry mm -hmm. and um, the things he learned in that process. And as I was looking at these letters, first and second Timothy in particular, you see how much the people in his life influenced and affected him. So I want to take just a few moments today and, and knowing the two of you, I think a lot of insight into this like why the people in our lives matter. And so I kind of look at five quick categories that you see come up in the book of uh, mostly 2 Timothy, a little bit of 1 Timothy. And I'd love to look at it from the vantage point of who these people are in your life and who you are in someone else's life. So I would say if you lead in any way, you're a parent, you lead in the workplace, you lead in the school, um, whether you realize it or not, we're all leading in some way. Um, this, this is really I don't know, just been encouraging to me to look at. So let's start with the first kind of, for all of us, the first category of people who make a difference in our lives, and that's our family. 
Paul, and, and I'll also say this real quick. If you don't have a Bible with you, grab one real quick because we're going to look at these scriptures. So whether it's on, you know, your phone or tablet or um, even if you've got those, you know, they put them in print. Oh. Where you got them in paper, you have it right in front of you. Huh. I love it. And so grab that because you're going to want to look at this. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Paul says to Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. So we looked at a little bit of Timothy's backstory Sunday, but it's so clear that Timothy found his faith not just by accident, but it was something, I mean, he talks about here how it was passed down from grandmother mm -hmm. to mother and then on to Timothy and calls it the sincere faith. So let's, let's just talk as a few, you know, kids pastors here. How does a parent pass along a sincere faith that then lives in their children? Yeah, that's, I love that, that verse because you see the history, you know, that takes place in Timothy's life, you know, with his family. And uh, when I was the kids pastor, I would tell uh, families like, hey, I want to partner with you, you know. Yeah. My ministry, I want to partner with you because what you do at home, I want to come alongside you. And so it's so important as a family that you're taking that time to teach your kid the Bible stories, you know, mm -hmm. reading the Bible, teaching them how to pray, you know. Um, that's a that's a huge, huge role as a parent to, you know, to show your kids, but also to do with your kids, to get down on your knees and just pray with them and be a part of that. Because that's something they start to learn, and as they grow in their faith, they continue to do that, and it's it sticks with them, you know. Absolutely. And so, yeah, as a parent, you play a huge role in in making that happen. Yeah. And it's interesting because it says which first lived in your grandmother and mm -hmm. then in your mother, and it's that whole lived in, not lived by. Like yeah. you're not living mm -hmm. just by your faith, and you're not just walking steps. You're living your faith out, and I think that's the one easiest thing that we can do but sometimes the thing we forget most is if we live out our faith our kids will live out our faith mm -hmm. it's when they see us saying one thing and acting a different way that you watch those stumbling blocks and so the biggest thing we can say yeah is you know you're reading your bible and you're praying but it starts with you doing that yeah. and so i like that verse because it's it was in your grandmother it was lived by your mother like this is a generational thing that you get to carry but also a good reminder that you can be the first generation that changes that. Exactly. So it's, it's great that they've had, got that generational thing, but it can start with you. You know, and I think you guys have hit on something that's such a big deal, right? Like um, there, there will always be, and I, and I know even anytime you talk about this subject, there's going to be some parents who are going to go, my kids seem to be far from God and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Like, and there's a, there's a guilt that I think sometimes comes to some parents that, is not um, is not from God, let's say, because let's think about it. Like, yeah. you know, God God started out with Adam and Eve, and they rebelled, you know, mm -hmm. and He's the perfect Father, right? Yeah. So there is that that challenge that's there. But I will say, one of the things that I've seen as I've you know, and especially 22 years at Calvary, as I've watched certain families and as they're um, you know going through that process or seeing it in different people's lives, that whole idea of it's not just what I say, but it's who I am. It's how I live it, that what happens at church is the same thing. And look, there's no guarantees, right? People go their own ways. And I, I find um, confidence in the story of the prodigal son, right? That mm -hmm. sometimes the person you think is the farthest is actually in the process of coming back 
with, with, the, with the greatest life change, you know, and so you pray and you hold out for that. Yeah. But the value of us living that sincere faith in our lives, not just by our lives, I think is really good. Yeah. And then, as I was thinking as you were talking, is that grace part, hmm. right? So we get to discipline and love our kids, but there's also a grace that comes with it, hmm. with an understanding that we understand what grace is, but to also pass it to our kids. And I think when our kids do fumble, we want to just, you know, throw the book at them and we want to yell at them. But there's also a part where you got to understand that you got to come at them with grace so that they know that they are going to mess up. Like, yeah. right, wrong, or different, all of our kids are going to mess up in many ways. And you got to have grace, but we learn that grace from God. Yeah, that's good. And it, they got to see that we even stumble sometimes too, because we want to paint this picture to our kids that you got to be perfect, perfect, perfect. And, you know, in your walk, but. It, you know, they got to see us stumble too. Mm -hmm. And how do we come back to, to the Lord on that, those things too, and ask for forgiveness of that. And you touched on something a few minutes ago, though, you know, about generations, you know, and sometimes, you know, when you talk to families, they say, hey, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. You know, I'm the first one to start this. And so you go back to this, this verse here and you, and you can bring encouragement and say, hey, you can be the first one to start this in your family mm -hmm. and know that when your kids get older and they have kids, they're passing down. So one day this verse will be your family, can be your family verse that look, look, look at what our family did. You know, don't get discouraged because you're the first one in your generation to start a, a home following yeah, the Lord. It's actually a great privilege. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, let, let's look at some of these other categories. And I think if you're a parent, you, you continue to see these next categories through that same lens. But so he starts out talking to, to, uh, to Timothy about family. He also talks about a second category, we'll just call them influencers, right? So two passages, this one's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, where he says, What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. It's interesting, Paul says, look, you heard me talk about this. And then next chapter, chapter 2, verse 2, he says, And the things you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So he, he sets up this model that there are people in our lives who are influencers to us. Mm -hmm. And then there are people in our lives that we will be influencers to. And that's, that's huge. And I guess when I read that, I, I started thinking back even just in my own life. So I'd ask you guys, why, why is it important to have people in your life who you can learn from? People that, that are influencing you. Because we're constantly learning. Like if you're not constantly learning, you're not constantly growing and we don't know everything. And I think that's the biggest thing that I always think through is even when I think I know something about a situation, there are other people who I can learn from and I can grow from and I can get wisdom from. But at the end, it doesn't matter how old you are, there's always something to learn. And you need to have that person who's willing to not only influence you, but to call you out when you're wrong or to shape you in the direction you need to go. Because at the end of the day, even as pastors, like three mm -hmm. children's pastors sitting around here, we still need those people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we live out the Bible and we are teaching others, but there's still to be people that are breathing that life into us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think about how when Mar and I first moved to Toledo, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, was attending Calvary and we're just a young married couple, you know, a couple little kids and you know, everything on our, you know, trying to live life and trying to have that Christian home and what do we do and those things. And I didn't know who to talk to until we joined a connect group. Yeah. You know, at the time we call those connect groups yeah. or not, it's the life groups. But it was, we we're in a, a life group where uh, it was a bunch of young married couples 
but the the group was being led by uh, a couple that already you know had kids they were older they've been married for a while and they were able to just speak into our lives that man when we were going through things they already kind of went through those things and they were able to help us to get through that so I think it's important to have those because like Pastor Lindsay said you're always learning but man if I can talk to somebody that has gone through that already my learning curve can be I can learn a lot quicker than you know and hopefully get some resources and some things there that'll help us so I mean it's important to have those people in your life and I think you know I think it's something we pray for and I also think at a certain point, it's something you have to be willing to initiate one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know, like, how Paul and Timothy's relationship shaped up. Like, where, where did that ultimately initiate, you know? Um, I've heard people say, you know, if, if, if you view yourself as a Paul, you should always have a Barnabas in your life who's speaking into you and a Timothy in your life who you can speak into. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a cool, a cool mm-hmm. thing. And... You know, I look back and there's like countless people that I can think of that it's like, yeah, that that person really spoke into my life. But you also have to be willing to go, I'm going to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Like um, I met somebody a few weeks back and I thought I'd like to know, like, what makes that person tick? Like, I'd like to know how how do they think? Like there was something that was there. And so I said to a mutual friend, almost halfway joking, hey, man, if you can ever line up a... (laughs) a lunch for the three of us, I'd love that. And he did. Mm -hmm. And we sat and had lunch together. And like, I walked away and like you said, a guy who's, who's got a whole lot more insight into things different from me, but a lot more insight. And I walked away a better person Mm -hmm. because that person spoke into my life. And so, um, I think there's, there's some real value in that. So let's, let's take that same spirit, right. And, and go maybe a next step. So Paul talks to Timothy about family. He talks to him about influencers, he also talks to him about leadership. Um, and so when you talk about leadership, you've kind of got two different dynamics. So there are those that you are led by, and then there are those that you lead. So, you know, we can do a quick drive-by on those that you're led by, like who are the leaders in your life, um, and how do you respond to them? Scripture says a lot of things. And we live in a season where people have a lot of different opinions on <laughs> their bosses and on yeah. community leaders I and well I, I know you do we'll talk about that later yeah. and uh and even you know government right now in a big way and i think the the best place to start in all those things paul says to timothy well this is uh first timothy chapter two he says i urge then first of all that petitions prayers intercessions and thanksgiving that's an interesting mm-hmm. kind of connection there Um, be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So when you're wrestling with people that are in authority in your world, when you're wondering about people, and the the place to start is with prayer. So I think that's interesting. I'd like to talk a little bit more, though, about the people that you might lead. Paul gives Timothy a lot of instructions. Um, If you've not read through these letters, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, I'd encourage you to do that like with the mindset of, of these, are, these are instructions for a leader, right? And whether you lead in your home, whether you lead in the workplace, school, community, whatever, it's good. But this is one thing he says. So this is 2 Timothy 2.23. I think it's pretty practical. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, 
able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So one of the things I think he's saying to Timothy is when you're leading, don't get sidetracked by things that don't matter. Um, how do you do that? <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's not funny because that's the world we're living in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like this, like you, we could park you. How long do we have? A couple uh, hours? We're, 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 okay. No, we're, because you could park here for a really long time. And I think it's uh, the core of what we forgot. So when you talk about those you lead, first thing I thought of too is you don't always know those you are leading, mm-hmm. right? So if you can make a piece of paper and you're writing down names, you're forgetting that there's a lot of people who look up to you as a leader. And then you don't know where that starts and where that ends, mm-hmm. but you just need to know that you've put yourself in a place where you're always a leader. And that whole like quarrelsome, foolish and stupid arguments, like it just is in my head because uh, actually it was, you know, conversation that we, we've had recently where you should not be making short-term decisions that have eternal impacts. Mm-hmm. And I play that in my head, especially now thinking we all could be having some really foolish arguments, but that only hurts our leadership components. That only hurts our character. And at the end of the day, it hurts the kingdom. And I can't help but think right now, we are leading more than anybody else that we know. And if we can do that with grace, living out God's will, then that's the way to do it. Because I might not agree on everything, but that doesn't mean we're right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And when you say, when you say we are leading more, you don't mean the three of us, mm-hmm. you mean all of us, all of us, right? I don't mean that corrective. I mean no. that like, like it caused me to go, like we don't realize that. I, I, like um, one of the best reminders of that for me is, is, is two things. One, like when you go to a funeral, that's when you hear the stories of how somebody's life impacted other mm-hmm. people. And I just, I just did one the other day for um, you know, a guy who's been at Calvary for literally over 60 years and a role model to so many. But you sometimes don't hear that influence and, and wonder if, if that person even knew, you know, what kind of influence that they had. And then I had a conversation with uh, a young couple the other day who were telling me about all the different people at Calvary that I had no idea. And I'm going to guess that some of these people have no idea how much just the way they live their lives impact other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, PK? Yeah, it's so good. And then, you know, I think, again, back to this verse and you know, Pastor Lindsay nailed it, that part of that, that's just what we're living in right now. And so if you can think about it, there are all kinds of discussions that are happening in homes right now, even as that takes place there. So as a dad, you know, my kids are getting old enough that they're, they have opinions, you mm-hmm. know, on, on what's going on and everything else. And so at first, you know, I can be the dad that wants to jump in there like, hey, listen, this is the way it's got to be. But no, I need to be able as a person to step back and still listen to people, but they're looking also to me to how I react. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I react and, and tell them they're wrong and all this other things, then, you know, my credibility, even with my own family, starts to get thrown off the door, you know? And so I say that as a whole picture, like, you know, we do live in a world right now that there's a lot of things that are, that are happening and a lot of decisions that got to be made and people are looking at leaders and and then there's a lot of opinions out there and we want to comment you, you can comment on those opinions you can do all that but every time you do something 
you have to ask yourself, does it impact the kingdom? Mm -hmm. Does it even That's hurt good. myself as a, a leader that when I do have to finally speak, then did I lose all credibility because I, I got into a foolish argument instead of learning to walk away? I mean, you know, we see in Scripture where, you know, Paul and Barnabas, they had their little argument, but what did they do? They just walked away, and they they both went out and still did what they were called to do. And so I think we have to remember just, you know, you know, be a Paul and a Barnabas. You're going to, you might have a disagreement, but how do they respond to each other? You don't see them later in scriptures calling each other, still arguing or anything else. They're both going out and doing the Great Commission, doing what we're so supposed to go do and be that light. So I think that's just big for us. Just don't get caught up in those foolish things and, you know, and always ask yourself, hey, man, is this really worth my time to be a part of something like mm -hmm. this, you know, this debate? And it's interesting. It, 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 uh, like when I read that, I, I get down to the end each time, you know, it, it's not enough for Paul to just go, hey, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. He, he breaks it down and he says, why? And mm -hmm. it's almost like when he brings it down to the end, he says, look, don't win the argument and lose the person, mm -hmm. right? At some point, you have to keep in mind th th the role that God's called you to. So again, we're talking about um, the. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I just can't help but think, even as we talk right now, we all are willing to share our opinions. But when you talk about the funeral, I don't think a funeral should be the time that you're telling that person how much they meant to them. So, mm -hmm. like, if we ever had a time when you should be telling people what they mean, I think now is the time. Mm -hmm. And now is the time instead of putting up the arguments and disagreements to say, "Hey, this is how you spoke in my life," mm -hmm. or "Hey, this is what you mean," because if more people heard how their leadership mattered, then you only become a better leader. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I know that's, that's certainly true in my life mm -hmm. when people have done that. Um, and, it, it, and we don't do it because one, it makes us vulnerable. Two, you don't know how to be received, all those things, but it's huge. Mm -hmm. And uh, to be honest, <laughs> read Second Timothy and yeah. hear the ways that Paul speaks life into Timbo, right? Yeah. You know, and so, no, that's good, it's mm -hmm. good. Okay, so different categories of people who make a difference in our lives. Uh, we talked about family. We talked about influencers. We talked about leadership. Real quick, uh, let's talk about friends. You know, friends are important. Second uh, Timothy 4.19, um, and we'll be in chapter 4 here for just a minute. Like, he says, he just, he mentions all these friends. Greet Priscilla and Aquila in the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. He's saying all this because they, they know each other. And I love this line, verse 21, do your best to get here before winter. He's like, man, Tim, come see me because mm -hmm. I, I need your friendship. And he lists, there's, a, there's another group of this earlier in the chapter where he lists all these different people. So your friends make a huge yeah. difference in your life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of us have been in the church a long time. And so, or, or we have a family that's really ingrained in the church. Some of us, maybe not so much. That's not our family background. That's not our um, friendship background. How do you develop Christian friendships or, or friendships with other believers who will be a healthy part of your life? Oh, yeah, I got this. No. Um, I, I mean, that's like you have to unpack that, right? Because how do you, if you don't have those, you know, you first step, I can't help but think of a connect group. Like hmm. even for Jason and I, um, we've been at this church for 11 years now. Hmm. 
And yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so it took us almost a year to get plugged in, but the first step was actually Jason joined the softball team. And then that led to joining a connect group who out of that connect group, almost every single one of those are who we would consider our mm -hmm. church family. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have that before mm -hmm. coming here. And so I think, I think we say connect group and you're like, how do you get involved? I mean, we'd love to plug you in because there's other people who want to. Um, but I also think it's being open to the relationships. And so all of us have those different backgrounds, but sometimes we get caught up with just our family or sometimes we get caught up with just the friends we had before church and we actually forget that there's this whole other side of being with a group of believers mm -hmm. and uplifting each other. And I know for our family that those are some of the best times that we have as an entire family. When my kids are with other kids who are with believers, when we are with other ones where we can laugh and we can grow together, that is some of our best family time, mm -hmm. even through it. And so I think it, we've got to have that willingness but you need to know how important it is too. Yeah, I think, you know, how do you develop Christian friendship? And, you know, I, I always go back to, again, a, a connect group, you know, and Pastor Lindsay just hit that too, is, you know, you're coming together as a common ground at first because you have an interest together, mm -hmm. the same interest. And then you're gonna find people in there that you just connect with naturally. And so I think you gotta find those places like that, okay, a softball team or a, a connect group, you know, or um, a group that just likes to go get ice cream. Man, to sign me up. I'm with yeah. that group, you yes. know. And, and you have those Christian friendships. But then what happens is really those Christian friendships turn into a family, mm -hmm. you know, and because they're there to walk you. Uh, they want to laugh with you. They want to go on vacation with you. I mean, some of our Christian friends we've gone on vacations with and, and, and loved it and and done that part of it, but they're there for you all the way, part of your whole life. And so, um, you know, so how you develop that is you just gotta, you gotta find those interest groups, those things you can find the people and be willing to say, okay, I'm gonna put myself out there. You know, and I think about even when I first got saved and, you know, you think about, oh, do I wanna have Christian friends? Because my friends over here, over the secular world, are so much cooler they mm -hmm. you know they know me already mm -hmm. and i don't want to get to try to this new keith that's here you know i want to go back to this old stuff and mm -hmm. some people think christian people can't have fun and i don't know i think my christian friends had more have more fun than my secular friends did you know mm -hmm. and so you just got to find those interest groups and be a part of them and um let yourself open up to that and then once you get it you know, and start inviting them in more into your life. Mm -hmm. And like I do, I look at your, your group you're part of, all the kids, like, well, you guys got like 60 kids that come to your group, yeah, you know? About 60, yeah. <laughs> but those kids look forward to it. Yeah. And so they have a friendship now, a Christian friendship that you guys have created because of Christian parents, you yeah. know? Julia does not let us miss any of those times. Like, that's awesome. down. That's awesome. But that's yeah. what I mean. Like, it's not even just for me. I mean, she looks forward forward to that yeah. and that's mm -hmm. how it should be so what if we start a group all around ice cream well, well we probably get a lot and of we'll call it the frozen chosen oh. and our tagline will be we have the best sundays you were on to something isn't that awesome <laughs> that's that's awesome here's the other thing too like i think like if, if if you're going but i don't have that friendship and i don't this or that you know one i don't think pastor chris knew it but you guys just did a great ad for life groups right and mm -hmm. if you're not a part of one Go out to the website, let us help you become a part of one. But even more, 
like, I think you have to do two things. One, you got to pray about it. Like, God, help me, you know, send the right person. The reason that Paul could connect with Timothy or with Barnabas is God sent the right people in different times. And then two, like, be intentional. Like, I love the story of um, two dads who were just standing down here one day waiting to get their kids on a, on a Sunday. Uh, this is a couple years ago. And the one said, I'm just going to start making a conversation. And they just started, didn't know each other, started having a conversation and became really great friends who walked each other through some really challenging times in their lives. Mm -hmm. But it all happened because someone was, and I, I know you go, ah, that's not my personality or that's not my, you know, but be open, you know, to that. Okay, real quick as we wrap up, because we're almost out of time, right? We, groups of people um, intentional in our lives that make a difference. Um, we talked about family, mm -hmm. we talked about influencers, we talked about leadership, mm -hmm. we also talked about our friends. Let's talk about one last one, and I don't want to take a ton of time here and end on a downer note, but let's talk about frustrations. Because I think it's good for us to know, I think we sometimes think that if we have relationships with others, they're always, if they're healthy, they're always going to be easy. But we've already said, you know, God had Adam and Eve, which was a frustration at times. If you read through the Gospels, you can't help but see the times when Jesus was frustrated with his 12 closest friends, especially one that actually, you know, betrayed him, mm -hmm. right? And then even Paul says, as he's talking to Timothy, in the list of all his friends, this is verse 9 of 2 Timothy 4, he goes, Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. And he's like, remember, remember that dude Demas, when we used to hang out, he's my friend? He's gone. And so, like, th there will be people who will disappoint us. And I think it, it, it helps me to just kind of be at terms with that, not to expect it. Like, like, the hard part is sometimes if I've been disappointed, then I start to think everybody's a disappointment. Mm -hmm. And I have to be open to, to, you know, I love how Paul lists it. But he also talks about the people that he knows and loves and that he relies in. It's, it's a part of our lives, you know. So I think, I think there's that. And then there's also, there's those you're disappointed by. And then I think at some point there's those you are distanced from. Um, the next part there in verse 14, he says, uh, if you've got your Bible, 2 Timothy 4, 14, Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he's done. It's like, dun, 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 you know. <laughs> and then he says, hey, Tim, you too, he doesn't, you know, like, you too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. Mm. And that there are times in your lives where you have to say, I, I probably need to distance myself you know, from that person. There's a really good uh, teaching by a guy named Dr. Henry Cloud. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his, his uh, teachings scripturally and then as well as helping people to be healthy. But he does one, and if you even just search online, for wise, foolish, evil. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to take a lot of time to unpack that, but he says, you will always have people in your life who are either wise or foolish or evil. He talks about how you have to kind of figure out who are the wise people to speak in your life, who are the foolish people that you, know, you, um, you, you, you understand and work with. Uh, and then th th there are some people who in your life, it's an evil influence of, of mm -hmm. one kind or another. So I, I don't know any, anything on that, guys, uh, just that idea of, yes, there will be some people who disappoint us and there may be some people who we have to be distanced from. I think, you know, you're just right, you're, you just said it there. There are going to be some people that disappoint us, you know, um, <clears throat> during that time, you know, that disappointment, you know, you have to look at, okay, you have to ask some questions like, hey, did I do something 
so that I got disappointed by them. Mm -hmm. And then if you, if you can answer that, yeah, I probably approached something this way or did something this way, you have to be that person that goes back and say, hey, let me let you know that I might have said something here that offended you or I did something here. I, I apologize for that. Um, but also know that if you go do that, don't you might need to expect you might not get an apology back. You know, you might not get that. And um, <clears throat> but they're going to disappoint. You're going to be disappointed along the way. But I also do think you have to be on guard for the people that are you have to distance yourself mm -hmm. from. Uh, there are going to come people in your life that you say, man, I have to distance myself from them. One, because when I'm with them, they they just totally bring, you know, evil into things that mm -hmm. I can't be. But when you distance yourself from somebody, be careful not to throw them under the bus and make it a public thing. Make it, you know, again, it goes back to this. The way you treat somebody like, is always going to come back around your, on your leadership and how and people look at you. And so if you have to distance yourself with somebody, do it with class. Well, you brought up Paul and Barnabas earlier, and it's interesting, you know, the Bible says they had a sharp disagreement, that mm. they go two different directions. We talked about this on Sunday. But what you don't see is Paul in his writings go, can I tell you who's a real jerk? Yeah. That's Barnabas. Like you don't, you don't see him throw Barnabas under the bus because he's got nothing to gain by that, yeah. right? So yeah, that's good, really mm. good. I can't think, how about think disappointments come from our own expectations, mm. right? So whether it's a disappointment in character, situation, judgment, but I think at the end of the day, if the disappointment is for the person, then the first thing you do is you pray, and the second thing you do is you go to the person. But the difference is if somebody that you have to distance from, that conversation might not be as helpful, mm -hmm. where the distance is what the, is the healthy move. And we have to be able to have that discernment to judge between the two situations. And unfortunately, some of the people who you have as the closest or who you have held as the, some of the closest people will end up in these two categories. Mm -hmm. But that discernment and that prayer and just asking God for his guidance is what can help you with that disappointment and distance. And I think you can learn a lot from when you're disappointed because it's what your expectations are and whether they're right or wrong, it's your growth too that can mm -hmm. come from it. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a real thing in that whole distance from, and I think you know, we're learning that a lot right now and knowing that it's okay. And it's okay to say, hey, at this point in time, what's healthy is to have a distance and not to continue to have a conversation that's unhealthy. And I think, you know, so much of this comes down to what Solomon says in Proverbs 4, you have to guard your heart. Mm -hmm. You have to guard your heart through this whole thing. Yep. Like in, in every aspect of your relationships and guard is not um, put a fence up around my heart. It's not, you know, put a brick wall up around my heart. It's, Lord, help my heart in this situation that, that I'm, I'm, I'm staying right with you and mm -hmm. seeing the things that, that really matter. And then, you know, the other thing that I have to step back and ask myself, what if I'm the frustration? <laughs> like, what if I'm the one who's actually being, a, and, and I can, I, I mean, I won't, I won't do it right now, but I have a list in my mind of some people that I know I was the frustration in their life. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I was the one who disappointed yep. them. Um, and, and places where um, I've had to go back and go, hey, I, I need to ask your forgiveness because I messed that one up. Yep. That's why I say you always got to ask yourself that question. You know, if you're feeling disappointed by somebody, I think you got to ask, well, is it me? Yeah. Is it yeah. me? And like, and I'm hoping the close enough friends that I have, you know, and we always say, hey, you know, speak into my life, you know, that if I disappointed them, that they can speak into that and say, hey, you've disappointed me but I also pray that my ears are open to hear it because mm -hmm. they might be willing to speak into my life, 
And but my ears got it, and my heart got to be open to hear it too. It's good. Absolutely. It's good. Well, guys, the, uh, okay. Uh, I didn't know if that was a sound uh, like an, an anointed pause there. <laughs> nope. So, um, thank you for doing this. You know, we've looked at how important different people are in our lives. Interesting things to consider. And, I, and I'd encourage you maybe to take one of these areas that we've talked about. Is it in your family, the influence that you have, a leadership space? Maybe it's with your friends, or maybe it's even with some frustrations. Um, we barely did a drive-by on each one of these topics, but maybe go back to these scriptures in 2 Timothy. Um, maybe take some time to think about it in your own life from both the vantage point of who are these people in my life and how do I play this role in the lives of others and, uh, and let God use that in people's lives. Hey, thanks so much for doing this. I sure appreciate this. I hope this has been uh, an encouragement to you. I know it's uh, actually stretched me just as, as we've talked and thanks for your wisdom, guys. And uh, we will be back with this again next Tuesday. And uh, if you want to share it with someone you think it might be helpful, uh, whether you do that on Facebook or send them a link to YouTube, that would be great. Thanks for joining us.